Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another in a series of nine podcasts we're recording at the Opstars event in San Francisco, talking about all things related to RevOps and how the various approaches different companies are making to how they do their operations. And my guest this time is Hilary Headley, who's Head of Sales Operations and Enablement at Zoom. Welcome. Thank you. Now, I guess just to give us a bit of context, I'm sure most of our readers are familiar with Zoom. I think of like cloud-based video conferencing and communications, but maybe give a little description of what Zoom offers. Sure. So Zoom Video is a multi-product platform. We are in the cloud. We offer unified communication and collaboration from video to chat to webinars to our new release this past year of Zoom Phone. So we want to make sure that there's frictionless communication across the board from companies, the largest companies in the world, all the way down to individual users who want to have those connections maybe with friends or family. Okay. Now, obviously your title refers to sales operations rather than revenue operations. And through a pretty remarkable career, you have seen an evolution in this space. And you were talking to me just before we started about there was a time when there was just sales operations. Mm -hmm. So maybe you could talk me through the evolution that you've seen. Sure. About 15 years ago, marketing operations, as it maybe wasn't even called then, and customer success operations maybe wasn't called that either, all reported up through sales operations. So running that function from, if you will, lead to op, op to close, close to renewal, and making sure that that was really streamlined in those areas was run up through sales operations. With the, I believe, the emergence of all the different technologies that came out and the hyper-titling, we started to kind of split up and we saw marketing and marketing, customer success go to chief customer officers and sales sit in sales. I think there then was a second evolution, so we were separated in those three silos, if you will. We started to come back together with uh, what I think is the evolution of kind of the CRO or president role, where you consume most of the revenue generating um, items. So that could look like uh, sales, channel, customer success, and solutions engineering, just to paint that picture, all coming into one. And I think what happened is sales ops folks went, well, that's great, but we need to be staffed up to make that change from just sales and making sure that territory, quota, comp, pipeline, forecasting, and analytics are really ready to go in some of those core sales ops areas and start to look at that bigger picture and say, well, gosh, what about a renewal management strategy? And what are we doing in the different sales process to make sure that solutions engineers have the right metrics and output and ratios to support all of those? And I think the group went, this is a lot bigger and better and more exciting than just sales ops. We should call it rev ops and really honor what it is that we're doing, reporting through to a chief revenue officer and all of their asks because you couldn't just sit and say, but I'm just sales ops when they have other departments that they needed to support and have that piece. So I think that evolution is still happening of, do you have marketing, do you not? Do you have customer success, do you not? I found at companies and folks I've talked to, it really depends on the C-level that they report into or if it's up through an umbrella president. So I think that that happens. But I, I believe though in the spirit of that, you can be separated in different departments. If you can get that cross functional alignment, which is hard, but if you can get that, you really can act like a revenue operations team. It's important to have that, I think, for things like, what is your systems team going to build for you? What is data science and the reporting that they're gonna provide? What are those different layers there? It gives that continuity for the business. And I think that's been helpful with all the tools, all the systems, all the process changes right. to kind of bring that together and have one leader or one or two leaders really drive that. Okay, and I'm just gonna quote your, your own LinkedIn back at you. You talk about your interest <laughs> in the end-to-end alignment of marketing, sales, and support. Mm-hmm for a positive 
customer outcome. Mm -hmm. And I've spoken to a number of people at this Opstars conference, and some of them say that to do RevOps, you really have to have uh, a unified team reporting up to one person. But at Zoom, you don't have that. You have something more like the kind of virtual alignment we've also mm -hmm. heard about, where you, you actually are separate functions, but you're looking to align and follow the same vision. How difficult is that? I don't know that it's difficult. Um, where that comment comes from is the quote from LinkedIn. I actually grew up in customer success. Right. I wasn't sales ops by trade, nor was I sales training by trade. And so a lot of what was important about that piece is you have to make the customer happy and you have that first kind of touchstone with the customers and what do they need. And we tried to always say, we need to make it easy for our customers to work with us. And at the company I was at, we weren't doing that. And that kind of started, I think, the, the spirit of operations and how to look at that. And so I think there's, there's a lens there that I put to that, which is, well, we have to make it easy for customers, which means we need to make it easy for our sales reps to do it, so we need to make it easy in any kind of interactions that marketing has. And what I found at Zoom was our, you know, one of our major goals is to deliver customer happiness. I mean, through, through thick and thin, just always deliver that trust, transparency, and honesty with our customers. And so I think I'm at a company that puts that first for us. We have a common business outcome. Right. And so I think that's where we're easy, you know, we're maybe more easier able to align on that because it is such a key part of what we do at Zoom. And so even if we're in different departments and we report to different folks, we know that the customer always comes first and that is always the spirit of how we do things. So uh, my assumption there will be that um, CMO, whoever heads up sales, whoever heads up customer success, they share that vision. That they're not chasing different outcomes. No, though they are acutely aligned on what that looks like for our customers and how we need to be delivering that happiness um, to the tune where we think it's really important when there is a lead that they don't go through multiple people to talk to to get qualified. You should just go to one person, path of least resistance, because our CEO believes if you filled out a form, it doesn't matter where you live, how many people are in your company or what that looks like. You should just be able to talk to someone. And that's, I think, a very different spirit of kind of companies I've been at. Um, but I think it, it captures some of the essence of what we are, what we are trying to do um, to deliver that, you know, big or small across different companies and, you know, different groups. One thing that must um, be very important for the kind of alignment we're talking about is shared data. And I think I heard you say you have a common data set between, shared by the different teams. That must be vital. Yes. So what sits behind, if you will, our marketing and sales ops and customer success teams is a unified uh, systems and data science team. So we're all putting our same information to the systems and we're luckily able to extract out of that same you know, Amazon warehouse, if you will, or, or data lake to be able to get that data and then use it to drive the right business insights in, in those areas. And so that's really helpful. We don't have a lot of discussions or debate about where did you get your data, whose data is that? So it's all coming from that central source, and that can provide a lot of clarity and alignment too. And do you also have a consolidated tech stack? In other words, you're using like the same applications, you don't have different tech stacks for marketing and sales? Well, the tech stack question I think is a little trickier. <laughs> we love tech at Zoom, and I think that's been a really kind of that's been a really fun challenge to have. Mm -hmm. um, I think though we're we're always taking a look at that, and we're trying to take the approach of how does how can tech really enable our sellers and focusing on what does that really look like for data? Are we giving the right things out of the tool for those pieces, and trying to be very 
prescriptive, if you will, on what we're delivering out to the different groups. But do we have a unified, beautiful tech stack that you know operates seamlessly? Probably not. I don't think anyone does. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> um, but I think that's a really great, great challenge. And so we've tried to look at systems as the really the foundation and the different tools around Salesforce as a foundation of what can that do to provide a rep a fast start or a new manager a fast start and try to make sense of, I think, some of the complexity that companies have built over time with all the great tools that are out there. And it's, it's a matter of, is it something that you can dedicate to and harness and focus on it, or should you sometimes take a step back and maybe not add to your tech stack? Yeah. I go back and forth on that one all the time about <laughs> okay. tech stack and add or remove and all those pieces. I can believe it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the business model. You're, you're cloud-based, so it's a SaaS product. Does the, um, in that context, having to have customers resubscribe, continue to use your services, evolve with you as you present new products, does that mean you put perhaps a heavier emphasis on customer success for existing customers than just acquiring new customers, although you obviously want to acquire new mm -hmm. customers? Is there a balance there? Well, most of our customers are on an evergreen, so there's not they, they can cancel any time. Okay. And we have a pretty, you know, path of least resistance to be able to do that, and that comes from Eric of if, if folks don't want to stay with Zoom, then we're not going to make it difficult for them to do that. Um, if they want to return, we make it very easy for them to return to do that piece. So we don't have a lot of those di those discussions in that in that manner. Like right. I've had at other companies where it's a very strict you know, land, expand, retain, and there's playbooks and motions and this very strict focus on that. It's a little more open in that piece and that might just be symptomatic of our TAM is anyone and everyone everywhere who can come and enjoy Zoom to be able to do that. And then it's our job to make sure that that customer experience from end to end, marketing all the way through to customer is as seamless as possible. Now, that speaks of a lot of confidence in the, in the product, allowing people to walk <laughs> away does, and walk yeah. back. Yeah, that's great. It does, and I think, you know, that was that was the vision of what that needed to be and that confidence I think, you know, hopefully we continue to see that with our, our NPS score and our you know and our churn and all of those positive metrics. So yeah. um, now another thing I heard you talking about on the panel earlier today was the various challenges you face with data. Um, who owns it, how to keep it clean if you can keep it clean, um, the importance of having a single source of truth. Mm -hmm. um, could you ex expand on that a little? How important is that? Sure. So at different companies I've been at, there has been probably more discussions of who owns the data. And I put owns in quotations because I am of the spirit that everyone's on the data because data should drive your business decisions. And if you are an owner in it, you will do a better job keeping it complete, keeping it accurate, and keeping it clean, knowing that for the most part it's going to be used for customers in the end. And so that was probably more contentious or you know, you know, controversial at other companies. Um, at Zoom, we do just continue to keep that kind of spirit around what that is. Single source of truth is, is a little harder, I think, mm -hmm. sometimes, um, because I, I'll use that in the context of how we look at and kind of hierarchy our accounts for those, for those pieces. You know, we, we want to use what we think is the most reasonable and the most fair. And so we use a mix of LinkedIn and right now, you know, websites to kind of track that and make sure that, that, that that's the right piece. Is that a barrier to scale? It might be, and perhaps we need to move to that single source of truth. But that's also, you know, that can be a real challenge, especially for sales reps of we know that all the data sets aren't always right. And what do you do in those pieces? But when it comes to looking at our data, we do focus you know, very heavily on what is data science, our sales FP&A and our sales ops team all align on. 
Um, and we do, I think, a really pretty good job of bringing that together and telling those stories. Yeah, so you've obviously been at a number of companies. Have you experienced quite different uh, models where marketing has its own set of outcomes, their own set of aims? They get leads, they pass them on to sales, and sales is doing something completely separate. Have you been in that kind of siloed environment? Yeah, absolutely. A company I was at a few years ago, it was very interesting how different the marketing goals seemed to me were. And I think that's where I really had my, probably one of my best experiences with a marketing ops person coming in. Yeah. And one of the first things this, this gentleman did was sit down and go, what are you trying to do? Because that's what I need to be, that's what I need to be doing. And we started to work out, an, you know, an attribution model, how we're going to track that, what that's going to look like, back into the, the different goals, have the positive conversations around if you give this much, we will convert that much, what are the productivity assumptions under each of those areas. It was the first time that we went, I think, from being very disconnected to extremely connected to the point that sometimes the business was... Um, kind of joking of, shouldn't you guys be disagreeing more? And we said, no, we think this is, you know, that this is a really great thing to be able to do. And, you know, a company actually, you know, I know we're at the, at the Opstars Lean Data Conference. It was a, a, a tool like Lean Data that helped bring that together. Right. We were able to go, we need to do these pieces with account-based mar marketing. We need to route it this way. And we unified around a tool, which is not always the best thing to do. Um, but we found that that got us the outcomes that we both wanted and we could measure it and manage it and just make sure that we have those aligned outcomes. So I've definitely been where it's been different, yeah. and, then you bring that, and then you bring that piece together. And if you don't have that right partnership, it can be you know, really, really tough and contentious. Um, I've been at companies where there haven't been MQLs. So at my prior right. company, there were not MQLs, and it was whatever marketing kind of brought to the door, and then we would move through that. I think that had some challenges as well, because you, know, you can always go and buy a list and upload those pieces and that can be a little tricky but we worked through those pieces as well and that was another you know great partnership with a, with a CMO there who said yeah y'all should be a little upset we're talking about quantity and you need a little more of a quality you know lever mm -hmm. there and we just anchored around that and measured it closely and just made sure that we had tight alignment around it so that there could be no you know finger pointing if you will in those arenas so to me, I know there is a lot of talk around just sales and marketing get along and is there, you know, contention there and, you know, maybe I'm just Pollyannish on some of that, but I think, I think we're all better able to work through that and companies are just looking at their customers differently and it's not, did you hit your MQL goal? Did you hit your conversion rate goal? And who's to blame for that? It's like, how are we going to get there? What do we really need to do to improve that customer experience, that customer journey, whatever those pieces are? Yeah, and that, so. that's one final point I wanted to pick up is customer experience because mm -hmm. B2C has been getting better and better at it for some time now. We're now talking about the B2B customer experience. That's yes. what I'm hearing everywhere. How important is that for you? The B2B experience? Mm. It's extremely important. I mean, I feel like it is for two reasons. One, that's where I grew up was customer success. And that was, that's just inherent to me that that is a really key piece because you, you are the first kind of touchstone to the customer to hear them, to help them, to make sure that that's, that's there. Um, I luckily work at a company that really honors and inspires that. There's not this acquire all the new customers you can, no matter how you do right. that. Like those are just not conversations that we have, um, and that's really nice because I'd much rather live in the world where you need to be focusing on those current customers and be, you know, and not. We don't even talk about like renewing them. That's not something. Okay. That's not a term yeah. we use. We're like, can you make them happy? Are they getting what they need? Do they? Are they delighted? Are we giving? You know, are we giving our reps enough knowledge? 
so they can be helpful for our customers. So we're also, you know, we try to take it through that lens as well on the ops and enablement side of, we don't just want to like throw a bunch of stuff at our reps because we have to train them or they need to be there. It's, we want you to be really smart and good and knowledgeable for your customers so when they have questions, they see you as that advisor. So for me, and I don't mean to be so goofy and cheesy about Zoom, but it really has flipped a lot of those you know, maybe anchors that have been there in the past mm. in a real positive light because it is just such a clear, strict focus on customers and that's what you anchor around. If the customer's happy, everybody's happy. If the customer's happy, everybody is happy. And it really, it, it just means a lot more harmony in some of those, in some of those areas where I always haven't had that harmony. It's quite nice. Okay.